Welcome to Move Like This, brought to you by the Accounting Move Project and sponsored by Moss Adams and Sapro. On this podcast, we share ideas and hear from guests about how they find, retain, develop, and advance women and other underrepresented groups in their accounting firms. Now, on to our guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Move Like This. Today, I am honored to be talking to Sharon Ballaroo. She is a partner at Armanino, which has been a move firm for quite a while. And I am excited to have this conversation, Sharon. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. I super appreciate the opportunity, Bonnie. Absolutely. First, before we dig into too much, Tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, your trajectory in the accounting and consulting profession, and also what you think makes Armanino unique in the industry. For sure. I'm Sharon Ballaru. I partner within uh, Armanino, and I'm based out of Austin, Texas, which is the coolest city ever, in my opinion. <laughs> so I've been at the firm for over 11 years, and I am chair of The Bridge, which is our women's advancement group um, that's focused on cultivating an environment with equal opportunities for all of our women. So what I'll do is I'll start with what makes Armenia so unique first, and then I'll go into my specifically my career trajectory. Sure. One of the, the key differentiators is that our B Corp certification. Um, and I know we'll touch on that a little bit later, um, but really what that also highlights is that we have this culture and focus on values. And if I could say there's one thing that is consistent about our people is that we share these values. And what we've done is we've actually codified them in what we call purpose values and anchors. Those are really key in how we look for talent and how we recognize our people with shout outs and recognition and how we promote people. And so a couple of the examples, I'd love to share uh, two of the values. First, is courageously connected. Courageously connected means that we embrace diverse, connected community where all belong. Unmuted as our unique, authentic self, everyone is valued and celebrated. How cool is that? <laughs> I really Pretty like awesome. that. The other value is empowered. Um, and we empower our people to pursue their ideas and passions that benefits our clients, our people and the firm. And to me, empowered means that we're empowering our women. And that really has happened for me as well. I feel incredibly empowered, courageously connected, and now can share I am a partner at the firm. But my career trajectory wasn't always that clear. Um, it's a little bit unique in that I started, uh, like I mentioned 11 years ago, as a senior in our technology consulting team. Um, and so what our consulting team does specifically in technology is we help our clients adopt new systems, things like accounting, financial, supply chain operational systems, and we help them get reports to get data faster. And so our clients can make better data-driven decisions and be able to run their business effectively. So personally, I've always been very driven and very ambitious in my career. But I really never really thought about my long-term career, partly because early on in my career, I didn't see a lot of women in leadership positions or women of color who looked like me. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't something that really I thought was possible. However, there was a pivotal moment in my career 
where my manager at the time was having a one-on-one conversation with me. And he shared something that I'll never forget. Uh, in fact, I remember the conversation so vividly. I was, I remember which conference room I was sitting in. Uh, I remember how sunny it was outside. And essentially my manager was telling me and he told me, hey, I believe in you, Sharon. You can achieve anything you set your mind to. I see you as a leader here at Armenino. And I was blown away. <laughs> I had never heard anybody have that much confidence in me and be so direct about it. And I wasn't even a manager at the time. And so what he shared with me was he saw my potential in my future. And one of the books that we've been reading as a, as a firm in one of our book clubs is Kate Eberly Walker. Uh, she wrote an amazing book called The Good Boss, Nine Ways Every Manager Can Support Women at Work. And she has rule number nine, which is essentially for managers to tell her that you see her potential, be proactive in discussing her future. And, and that was exactly what my manager did many years ago and my future sponsors did for me as well. And that has led me to build that confidence. It has led me to take on more people leadership roles, to apply to be the chair of the bridge, to do more client business development, um, and ultimately be here where I am today. That is so inspiring. And you point out a, a number of things that we talk about fairly regularly in particularly now when we're in such a talent crunch is there are a lot of really wonderful, talented people of color, women out there that look at leadership teams and don't see representation. I know that sounds overly simplistic in some ways, but if you don't see somebody that looks like you, and whether that's color or economic background or a whole variety of different things that play into who you are, it is hard to envision that you have an opportunity to be a leader. And even though you may have the most confidence in the world and you, you know you're smart, you know you have the potential, if you don't see it in some way, then not everybody feels like they can be that trailblazer or thinks they'll have the support to be that trailblazer. So the fact that your boss sat down and said at a young age, it sounds like to, cause you're still super young that I see a future for you here and I've got your back. Mm -hmm. And that to me is where we move from mentor to sponsor in some ways and just to to have that support and know that somebody else who's taken that journey has the confidence in you that you can do the same thing that had to have been just an amazing moment and i can imagine you want to create those moments now that you are a partner for so many other people in the firm to give them the confidence to keep moving forward and, and grow as they want to. Absolutely. I love to pass it forward because I remember viscerally how that felt and I want to be able to share that with others. Yeah. Wow. Well, I love that. And we can stop right there and we've had an awesome conversation, but we're not going <laughs> to because one of the things that has really stood out to us at the MOVE Project, and we actually uh, featured it in a report, I believe it was two years ago, is how you embrace the programs that Brownsmith Wallace, a St. Louis firm, 
had in place to advance women when you merge them into Armenino. So it is pretty rare, from what I've seen at least, for a firm that is merging in another firm to adopt policies in that way and speaks to your firm's culture of humility and willingness to learn from peers. So can you speak to that integration and how it is playing out now a few years down the road from when Brownsmith Wallace joined Armenino? Absolutely. Um, yeah, Brownsmith Wallace has this excellent legacy um, and an amazing reputation for their women's advancement and delivering results. And we recognize that. So when we merged, we adopted the name The Bridge for our existing Armenino Women's Initiative. So I think that kind of just speaks volumes there is that we took on the name from Brownsmith Wallace's team. What The Bridge is essentially is really building an infrastructure to advance women across the firm. So when we look at the mergers and integrations after a number of years, we've continued to expand since the Brownsmith Wallace merger, merging in with firms based here in Austin and also in Philadelphia. And what we strive to do is really continue to incorporate the voices of women leaders from those cities. For instance, Jane Scacchetti in Philadelphia, she is a powerhouse and a really celebrated local women leader and a huge champion for our cause. In Austin, leaders like Jillian Bergman and Gretchen Lefesti started the women's organization over a decade ago, and they found a lot of success building and bringing together cohorts of working parents. So by no means do we have it all figured out. I think it speaks to, you mentioned the humility, and and I think also our curious mindset that we're open to listening and learning. What is it that is working for other firms locally and adopting those ideas at Armenino? So events like the Java Journeys, which started at Brownsmith Wallace, is something that we've continued at Armenino. And it's a Java Journeys, like, a, you know, getting together over coffee. <laughs> it's a, a short get together, but it's really focused on bringing ideas and stories of diverse leaders and women sharing what was their career like, sharing and illustrating different paths for each of us, because we recognize not all paths look the same to leadership. What we had earlier this year was a topic called equity and leadership. And we have another Java journey coming up here shortly, focused on advocacy and self-advocacy. Um, and that's a topic we're really passionate about and wanting to share that lessons learned with others across the firm. And and then you'd mentioned in your, in your question, which I love, is that is it's rare. You've, and I, I can see that. It, I guess it is rare because our approach to when we do integrations and mergers is not our way or the highway. It's really our approach is to form a valuable partnership for all parties. Mergers are very rarely successful when they're transactional. Yeah. So when we're looking at potential fits for new team members, we're really considering the people and the values fit foremost and not just focused on the balance sheet. So it's about finding and building that long-term partnership that ultimately benefits all of our people together. I think that's great. I hear, I mean, there's so many mergers and acquisitions going on in the market right now and well, and have been for a number of years really. But I like that you're acquiring the entire firm. You're not just inquiring the clients or at this rate, there are firms out there acquiring other firms just to have the talent to deliver the work, which, okay, I understand that philosophy, but 
really where it works well for everybody involved, whether you're on the acquiring or acquired end, is when, like you say, you look at the big picture and everything that firm brings to the larger firm. And I think that's a great approach you're taking there. I love that. So Armanino, you mentioned B Corp earlier, and Armanino is one of the very few firms that are B Corp certified at this point. And during that process, I understand that the firm received the maximum points available for your diversity efforts with women, ethnic and racial minorities, women and underrepresented populations in management and female executives. That sounds awkward because I actually quoted that. (laughs) I made sure I got it right. So I would love to hear you share why DEI is such a pillar of your firm and a few things you have done to increase the diversity of your firm at all levels. Yeah, being a B Corp certified firm is not an easy feat. (laughs) There's a lot of work involved and it requires a lot of vetting as it should, because what it's basically saying is that we are certified and that means that we are committed to the highest standards of transparency, accountability, of environmental and social performance. And that is illustrated because DEI is such a key pillar for us. I like to say that it really starts with the tone at the top. Our CEO, Matt Armanino, proudly signed the CEO Diversity Inclusion Pledge immediately when it first came out. And knowing that we have that support, you had mentioned like having somebody that, you know, has your back really helps make that huge difference when we set out to increase diversity internally. So we are recognizing that our goals for advancing women and people from underrepresented groups, people of color, LGBTQI+, disabled veterans, means that we really have to be intentional on what a success look like and make sure we're tracking that success. So we've seen an increase in our executive teams with over 20% women leaders now representing us. And the goal of the bridge of our women's initiative group is to sustain at least 50% of internal partner promotions to be women. And the great news there is that over the last two years, we've exceeded that goal and had at least, if not more, 50% of our incoming classes being women. So one of the other Hallmark programs that I'd love to share and talk a little bit more about is our executive access program. and how this year we've actually expanded it to not just women who historically have been in the executive access program in the last six years, but serving all underrepresented groups and all diverse populations. So the executive access program actually originated from feedback we got from the MOVE survey in 2017. (laughs) We, We found through the results that women were actually opting out of partnership at a rate two times greater than where men were opting out. Um, so that's where we started this program to pair high potential, ambitious women with sponsors. And I love that you mentioned sponsors earlier, because there is a huge distinction between a mentor and a sponsor. Yes. Uh, you got it. <laughs> so the mentor is, is somebody who offers guidance, advice, they support you. But a sponsor is actually somebody who has influence. They, of course, can mentor and guide our protégés, is what we like to call it. But they can also advocate for you. So a sponsor can advocate on your behalf when you're not in the room. And having that example, like I've seen partners who are fantastic sponsors because what they've done is they've introduced their protege to other leaders across the firm. One even reached out to her manager to have a proactive conversation about 
her career and giving them feedback on how to how can we all support her career advancement. So it really feels like each woman has her own kind of board of directors helping her along. And that's where I feel like the sponsors are, are also getting a lot from it because it is a two-way promise. When we when we kick off the program, we're really make sure our participants understand that it doesn't mean that you just, you know, get to meet with your sponsor, but we also expect you to deliver excellent performance. Well, that's why you were selected as a high performer in the firm. Um, and by doing so, you're also helping to contribute to our sponsor's legacy. So really creating like this win-win for, for all parties. And there are a couple other things because I'm so passionate about this program. Because we've had over 100 participants who've been through this over the last six years now, many have graduated from this two-year program and have raised their hand to be advisors to the next group of cohorts to really, in that small group, now help them navigate some unknowns, if there's any concerns, if they're having any issues, really we're building other leaders um, to support others. And so I absolutely love that. And one of my highlights last year was when we did our graduation ceremony at the end of the year where our participants shared what they learned throughout their time and hearing those stories about women who were not really sure about themselves at the beginning of the program to then at the end being incredibly vocal, so confident. And it just was one of my proudest moments. And uh, I joke that at the end of that ceremony, my makeup was all ruined (laughs) because I just was like (laughs) crying with tears of joy and pride uh, for just to see how far our our women have come. I absolutely love that. And one, I take a little bit of pride in the fact that that came out of a move um, report. And the thing is, Armenino is not unique in that. I mean, across the country, most firms lose about 50% of their women between say manager level and partner level. So there's reasons for that. And part of why we move exists is to kind of take a look and why is this happening? Because so many times, and I think Armenino falls into this too, is that at entry level, it's usually 50-50 or even more women than men coming into the firm So, and of course, there's so many different reasons why people make career choices and that sort of thing. But I love that you're specifically addressing that gap and that sad drop-off that happens across the board in the profession. It's endemic. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. And it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job at that. I I actually would love to dig into that a little bit deeper for a case study down the road. Oh, I would love to share more. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the areas that we're focusing on in 2023 for our public report to the profession is the idea of customized partnerships. So as I mentioned, there is that huge drop-off in women between manager and partner level and flexible partnership models often lead to higher retention levels, particularly for women. Yet many firms are kind of reluctant to incorporate this elasticity into their firms. So we greatly applaud your Flex Partner Program and would like for you to tell us what led to that decision, a little bit about how it works and how it has impacted your firm's retention of women, in addition to the other programs that you've talked about already. Yeah, exploring what like this Flex Partner Program meant was really important to us. 
Um, so as a, as a bridge board, we did what um, the MOVE survey has inspired us is to collect data. And so we did this and surveyed our people about figuring out why they are interested in a reduced or flexible schedule. And gathering that data actually helped us build the case with our leaders. So this is not something that was done overnight. It took many years and a lot of people hard work um, putting this information together. And what we found was there was a variety of reasons why people wanted a flexible schedule. 50% and, and more cited family as the main reason. And another 30% said they wanted to create more balance in their life. Um, so a flexible schedule can be successful. And what we found for those who were doing it was when they set clear boundaries, when they're over communicating on what's possible, what's not possible. And when they have supportive managers, it, it really works. The individuals then also have really clear calendar availability. They're putting uh, when they're available, when they're not available. And they're also being mindful of taking on and limiting even administrative work in proportion with how they're adjusting their schedule. So how does it work? How does this uh, flex partner program work? Well, it's not a one size fits all solution by any means. Uh, what we found is it's very personal to each individual and we really look at it case by case. Um, in fact, there's a, there's a woman I work with in one of my leadership teams who is on a flexible schedule and she is an incredibly high performer. I also think partly because she's very clear at drawing boundaries and taking on work that is really focused on meeting her goals. And the other great thing is that she has mastered the ability to say no to distractions, which is a fantastic skill for all of us. Yeah. Um, so because of how she's able to create that cultivation, she is exceeding her goals and making a huge impact on her clients in the process. And um, I've seen her in our leadership team meetings, bringing innovative ideas and making us better as a firm um, because we had this option that we were able to retain her. And we talk about careers, not just being a ladder, but really at Armenino, we think about career as a lattice. And each person is in the driver's seat of their own career. So it means that we can all go at our own pace. And the Flex Partner Program helps us retain that incredible talent. And then the impact on retention, what we found in the survey was those who were on that flexible schedule, 96 percent of them said that they were staying at the firm because it had that opportunity for them. And so that's something we're really excited to see the results of, again, retaining our diverse talent and really looking forward to continuing. I think that's great. And I know across the profession as a whole, it's not necessarily all that common to find this sort of flexibility for partners. A lot of times you'll find it for associate, senior, manager level. People will tend to be a little bit more flexible, but the whole idea is like, okay, you're a partner, you're all in, this is your life. And nobody can really do that or should have to do that anymore, for sure. And I love the fact that the retention level is amazing. And even firms that, there are firms that of course will work with individuals one-on-one, -on -one, but don't have that as a stated formal sort of program. I think they're losing out. Because if the next generation of leaders don't know that's an option, and if they don't publicize that fact in some way, then they look at a partner position and go, I can't take that on. I have kids. I have aging parents. I have a life, <laughs> whatever you want to do with your life, whether you have kids or not. And I think just creating that sort of model 
and then communicating it to the entire firm that it exists and that those that have taken advantage of that have been successful is just incredible for retention efforts and recruiting efforts, frankly. Uh, What advice do you have for other firms that are looking to expand their talent pipeline and attract and retain more women? So first, let me tackle attracting talent. I would advise firms to look at all the steps involved in how you're recruiting and really collect the data. This is a common theme with me is I love using the data to to find insights. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, as we're looking at recruiting and attracting a talent, where are you sourcing your candidates from? Who are you reaching out to? Who is applying? Who are you selecting to interview? And who are you giving offers out to? And finally, who's accepting those offers? If in each step of those and that process, you can identify where the women might be dropping off or maybe where maybe that process is broken and needs to be redefined. I think we'll really give uh, other firms the opportunity to have the data to make any of those adjustments. When I look at recruiting and attracting talent, it's also really important for me to grow our talent that is early in their career. For instance, Gen Z, who is now entering the workforce, they are the most racially and ethnically diverse generation in U.S. history. Yeah. So that's cool. That that means that firms who focus and cultivate their, for instance, college internship programs will actually have a leg up in bringing in more diverse talent. And that's an area we focused on in, in at Armenino and for, have gotten really fantastic results. In our consulting team, interns this past summer, over 53% of our interns who accepted their full-time offers were women. So that's fantastic to hear. And then the second part in terms of retaining women, my advice for other firms would be to look at where are you losing women in your talent pipeline? I know you mentioned the data across the other firms, and that's really common at Armenino too, because when we did the move survey, we found that women were pretty equally represented in the staff and senior levels. But when you got to manager, senior manager, and director, Mm -hmm. women were opting out of leadership opportunities at way higher rates than men. And my suggestion and advice to anybody looking to retain more women is really to to leverage programs like the MOVE Project to help you better listen to your stakeholders. What we've done is we've listened, we've built a plan, and we're executing on the plan, we're measuring results, and we're, we're celebrating wins. So partnering with the MOVE team has helped us become better listeners. And I also feel like using that data to inform the programming, like the Executive Access Program, the Flexible Partner Program, really helps us to retain women and help them grow in their career. And I would say, confidently say, that I wouldn't be here talking to you, Bonnie, if it weren't for that programming and the efforts of hardworking, amazing women leaders who came before me and were were leading these efforts. Women like Stacey Cromwell, Lori Colvin, Min Riblet, Jen McCabe. And there's so many women leaders out there who helped me pave the way for me to step into my leadership shoes and and really own my career. That is fantastic. And thank you for the comments about MOVE. I mean, we really do hope that we are giving firms information and providing best practices because we believe that we can have an impact on this profession and that there are so many incredibly talented women and people of color out there that are interested in growing and rising to leadership levels that haven't really had the opportunity to do so in a real way. So I love what you're, everything you're saying about Armanino. 
and the work that you're doing. So I'm going to end with a few just fun questions I like to ask everybody that I talk to. So when you were five years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? So when I was five, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, And that's because I absolutely love learning. I am a nerd about reading books. I would go to the library every weekend with my mom. And it's something that I value so deeply, but I still find a way to to use teaching principles in my profession and, and share that knowledge with others. I think a lot of us wanted to be teachers. That was kind of the grown up that was cool in our life that we could actually look at. So if you were given a chance to travel anywhere for free, didn't worry, have to have to worry about work or time off or any of that, where would you go and why? I would pick Iceland to travel, partly because they have these amazing waterfalls and glaciers and, and I just love being uh, in awe of nature. And to me, being in Iceland feels like being on another planet so without having to go through the trouble of space travel. So that's what I would pick. I like that. That's actually on my bucket list too. I have not been, but I, I would really like to at some point in the next, say, five to 10 years. I have Make so many places that I want to go. It's a matter of trying to figure out how to work out the schedule and budget more than figure, finding a place, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And if you could have one superpower, what would it be? So if I could have one superpower, I would actually pick the power of giving other people empathy. So I don't even know feasibly like how tactically this would work, but I I really truly believe that if I can help others see people as people and just recognize the humanity in each of us, I think we'd be in a such better place. We could support each other to achieve our dreams and just doing that together makes life so much more fun. So that would be my superpower. Yes, I 100% support that. And whether it be in professional conversations or drinks over the fire pit, I I can't tell you how many times I've said, why is it people just can't be empathetic? Why is it they have, it has to be something that happens directly to them for them to really feel passionate or like they're involved in that. So I would totally support that. And if I had the power to give you that wand, I would absolutely do so. (laughs) We can make it. Change happens. (laughs) Let's do it. So Sharon, thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and learning more about all the amazing programs that Armanino has in place and the great things that you're doing to support all the people at your firm. And um, hopefully we'll get to do this again sometime soon. I would love that. Thank you so much, Bonnie, for having me. Thank you for listening to Move Like This. Brought to you by the Accounting Move Project and sponsored by Moss Adams and Sapro. If you'd like to learn more, visit our website at accountingmoveproject.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues too. I'm your host, Bonnie Buell Resick, and until next time, keep moving forward.